0: This is the Impact Report. I'm your host, Katie Elman. The Impact Report brings together students and faculty in Bard College's MBA in Sustainability program with leaders in business, sustainability, finance, social entrepreneurship, and more. These conversations go live the first and third Friday of each month. This week, Bard MBA alum Heather Bowden speaks with Yuval Boger, Chief Marketing Officer of YCHarge. Thank you so
1: much for joining us, Yuval. Uh, you're the CMO of y Charge, which frees us from power cords and batteries. Can you tell us more about how the technology works?
2: Uh, certainly, and thanks for having me today. Um, y charge sends power over distance. That means that we can power small devices, mobile devices, battery operated devices from a distance of several feet without uh, wires or without um, a, a physical connection between the energy source and the device being charged. The way Y charge works is that we send a thin beam of infrared light. Uh, infrared light is prevalent in nature. I mean, of the sun's energy is infrared light. And that infrared light is then converted into electricity on the receiving device using a small, essentially solar cell, a photovoltaic cell. So uh, sometimes we call it almost like indoor solar energy. We send invisible light from one side of the room to the other, and that light gets converted into electricity and powers the device.
1: Thanks for uh, telling us about how the tech works. When I first heard about it, it reminded me of electromagnetic radiation and I was just like, oh, that's not okay, but this sounds totally safe. And as you mentioned in nature and around us, can you tell us about what it was like to go through the UL certification process? Because I saw that you guys did go for that, which actually proves that it's safe.
2: Certainly. So. Um... You're right, the technology is safe, infrared light exists in nature, Uh, we have it in many home devices, our uh, uh, remote control for the TV uses infrared light, Um, the sun outside has infrared light, so when we walk out in the parking lot, we, we are exposed and we were exposed, our ancestors were exposed for millions of years to infrared light, so living organisms have grown accustomed to it and in fact sometimes rely on it but it's not enough to say that it's safe we also want to prove that it's safe and then we went into um, testing with regulatory agencies so the regulation changes from country to country but for instance in the us the government um, agency that regulates devices that have light in them is the fda so i didn't know that before i started at white charge but the fda is also regulating laser printers and DVD players and other things that that use light. So we went to the FDA and uh, got certification that this is a a uh, device, that this is safe for consumers under every circumstance. And the same thing with UL, with um, underwriter uh, laboratories. Now, both these bodies do an extensive series of examinations. They want to make sure that Anything from uh, mechanical safety, it doesn't have sharp corners, to radiation safety, the light that it emits uh, is safe, to um, electromagnetic safety, fire safety, really a whole slew of tests. And um, it just takes time to convince the regulators that this is the case, that everything is fine. They do some very extensive uh, checks and testing and analysis. For instance, they want to make sure that not a single point of failure is going to change the safety classification of the device. So for instance, if the device has a fan uh, and the fan stops working, they want to make sure that even in this case, the device will continue to be safe. And we were very happy and honored that we could say, here's a long-range wireless energy solution that's certified to be completely safe for consumers.
1: Perfect. So in addition to the safety, um, the battery waste that you're addressing is huge. I live in an apartment building in Brooklyn, and we actually have a smart lock. And the super told me that he replaces the batteries three to four times a week, but the lock itself is so janky that um, even me, I know how bad battery waste is, and I still use that button, and I still use the keypad. Um, just because the key has to be wiggled in just the right way to work. So can you talk about how your technology is really helping address this battery waste issue and um helping, I mean, 3 billion batteries are thrown away every year by Americans. So it's a huge issue.
2: So batteries are indeed a big, a big problem, and they're a problem in, in very many ways. I mean, one is that they need to be replaced. It's another thing that we have to do in our daily lives: is uh, oh, I'm out of battery, or I need to recharge my battery. Um, we just published a blog on a study that showed that uh, what I think we all sort of intuitively knew: that people get cranky or they get anxious. Battery levels are low. Sometimes they even change their plans because they oh, I'll stop by a coffee shop and. I can recharge my phone. But even a a disposable battery uh, needs to be replaced as in the case of the smart lock that you mentioned. Sometimes when you need to replace them, you don't have the right battery. You have to go and buy it. Um, All these batteries are an environmental concern. You know, billions of batteries need to be disposed. Uh, Do they just get thrown away in regular garbage? Do they get buried in landfill? And also they're expensive. if if we if you run the numbers and you compare uh, regular electricity with electricity that's coming from a battery, even if you buy batteries on bulk in a you know Costco or or bulk packaging, you'll find that batteries are about 500 times more expensive per unit of energy than wires. But of course. We have to use batteries because sometimes the device that we need to power is mobile and we can't have it just tethered to the wall. Or it's very difficult to install wires. I mean, if you have a smart lock on the door, I, I guess maybe you could install a wire, but that's going to be expensive and, and difficult. So batteries have been a, a very popular solution. Wireless power from Y charge gives you a third option. So you no longer have to say it's either a wire or a battery. You can say it's wireless power. Uh, The advantages of wireless power is that the power is never ending. You never have to replace the battery. Um, You don't have to install a wire. So there's certainly convenience there. It's much cheaper than a battery. And then the other thing that happens is device manufacturers people who develop these devices when they have a battery operated device they sometimes leave out functionality that they would like to have in the device just because they want to conserve battery um so your your smart lock maybe they wanted to have a camera so you could see who's on the other side or maybe they wanted to have two-way audio so if someone's at the door you could talk to them but they don't have that feature because of energy constraints. With wireless power, a lot of these energy constraints are removed. So no longer, so not only are you saving money and having the extra convenience of easy install and no maintenance, but your device could do a whole lot more and the user experience could be much better.
1: That's fantastic. I didn't even think about how the, the devices themselves could get smaller because you're getting rid of the battery um and and thanks for the business case because now i can tell my landlord that he's spending all this money on batteries needlessly when he could just use your technology so as as the cmo what i'm wondering is what do you think have been the biggest barriers to adoption for consumers and and manufacturers so far like aside from all the savings and whatnot what should i what should i tell my landlord
2: well the way we are going to market is through device manufacturers so as much as as much as people would like to say oh i just want to buy one device and and power something uh we have chosen to go to market by working with the people who make smart locks or security cameras or um or smartphones or um iot sensors for the enterprise or um i mean when you go in your daily life, you can see so many devices that are powered by batteries. And so we look at who's making these devices. How often does the battery need to be changed? Is there value to be had if instead of battery, you had wireless power? And then we partner with these uh, device manufacturers to embed, to integrate our technology into their products. So the challenge with that is that it just takes time. I mean, we... Uh, now that we have the safety approval that we have a uh, working product that delivers a uh, uh, great deal of energy safely over distance does it efficiently we can't wait to share this with consumers and allow people at home or at the offices to install wirelessly powered devices but when we work with a big vendor it just takes months and sometimes would you know a year or upward of a year to get that into market so we're very optimistic that in 2020 there will be consumer devices powered by white charge um but at the at this time we're just supporting our partners uh pushing them as hard as we can to expedite their sometimes slow processes to get this to market
1: it sounds like you uh Maybe even have to work on the tech end with the engineers and whatnot to incorporate it, or is it is it really just uh, as I saw on the website, it seems like a very plug and play solution um, has it has it been that way for manufacturers?
2: It's very easy to create a prototype a, a plug and play prototype to show that something works, but for a consumer product, typically the manufacturer wants this technology to be embedded to be integrated i mean uh, for instance, I um, think many years ago when uh, TVs did not have remote controls. I mean, you had to sort of go up to the TV and, and, and turn a dial to switch a channel. To integrate a remote control into a television, the device manufacturer had to create a small, uh, a little window for the infrared light from the remote control to reach the television set. Um, that is the kind of integration that we need to do for our technology. So instead of saying, oh, there'll be an external box and it'll be connected with a cable to the television in this case, the the real solution for a smart lock, for a security camera, uh, for kitchen and bath products, for industrial IoT is really to integrate our little receiver into the technology. So it's it's not difficult to do it, but it takes time in terms of uh, moving into production, making sure that uh, everyone understands how this is going to be used, figuring out the right price for the consumer and really all the things that have to do with with launching a new generation of products
1: so um i noticed that you so this is a huge sustainability issue that you guys are addressing it's also um as near as i can tell once it is more common amongst consumers it is just going to be one of these solutions that is so seamless that for example we won't get low battery anxiety anymore which i i personally really look forward to um, when uh, when you think about your career it's it's traversed you know tech medical software um from ideation to ipo how did you end up at Y charge And how has sustainability been or not been threaded throughout your career?
2: So um, in terms of education, I have a master's in physics and I have an an MBA from from Kellogg from Northwestern University. So I I have studied both the technical aspect and the uh, business aspect, which um, lends itself well to a lot of high-tech enterprises. Uh, specifically, I ended up at White because the CEO was my college roommate uh, quite a few years ago. <laughs> uh, we've been friends for many years and and finally got a chance to uh, work together. But I was attracted to White Charge because it's an opportunity to really change the world, to get rid of a lot of single-use batteries, to allow things that were just not possible before, I mean, think about uh, the Wi-Fi analogy. Uh, imagine if all our devices had to be wired to the wall to connect to the internet and we had to stop and connect someplace to, to fetch our email or our, our Facebook messages and so on. And the kind of freedom that cellular technologies and Wi-Fi have allowed us in our smart devices and mobile devices. We think that Wi-Charge can get rid of the a power cable, just like Wi-Fi got rid of the data cable and thus can create this tremendous revolution, both in convenience as well as in sustainability. So very many reasons why I was attracted to, to work at WiCharge and we're very excited about what the future holds uh, for us and for people who, who use our technology. Thanks for
1: sharing that vision. I, I absolutely can't wait. Um, I just had a, it made me think of a more practical question um, just in terms of uh, a consumer scenario. So let's say I go to a coffee shop. I know this is one of your use cases that you point out is I go to a coffee shop and there's a charge device installed in the ceiling. And just being there, I can now charge my devices. Do you imagine that it's going to be like Wi-Fi where I'm going to get a pop-up on my phone, or I'm going to opt in. It's going to be part of the software where I ask to be charging, or is it actually less of an issue than even of that, and it can just safely and securely charge my devices as soon as I walk in?
2: At some level, that's up to the manufacturer that's integrating our device. Uh, even if you look at the history of uh, Wi-Fi, Uh, The device is still asked to be connected. You know, is it a network that you feel comfortable with? Uh, Sometimes uh, Wi-Fi networks at airports have uh, payments or subscriptions that are tied to them. Sometimes uh, a Starbucks would say, yeah, you can use it for free, but you got to log in. So it's sort of part of a loyalty program or something like that. So you can envision the same thing happening with white uh, charge, you could have a vendor that says, yeah, I'll charge any white charge enabled devices. No problem. Others will say, yeah, but you got to log in or, um, others, you know, a Samsung could say I'll charge only Samsung devices, but I'm not going to charge Apple devices, uh, because we just like to protect our ecosystem. So there are many, very many options that are open to the manufacturers and people who install this, but from our perspective, you know, we're happy to charge anything that's out there.
1: I didn't even think about the whole like spectrum of all of that, and how even just hopping on Starbucks Wi-Fi is part of the loyalty program. That makes that makes a lot of sense. So thanks for pointing that out. Um, what uh, what do you see as the biggest sustainability challenge we have to take on during 2020?
2: I think it's the biggest sustainability challenge is starting to wean ourselves off the dependence in batteries. I mean, the number of smart home devices increases uh, very rapidly. We just published a survey that we did with Zogby analytics that showed, I think that the average home is, you know, uh, six devices and, and it's climbing. Everyone's thinking about uh, smart door locks or uh, uh doorbell cameras. Um, phones, uh, wireless speakers. you know The number of battery-operated devices is just continuing to increase. And therefore, our dependence on these single-use batteries continues to increase. And we think we can help put a dent in that and sort of bend the curve a little bit so it doesn't grow as much. And, and people start thinking about alternative ways of powering their smart and mobile devices. Um, To me, that's not just a 2020 challenge. I think it will extend beyond that. But I think in 2020, consumers will be able to see that there is a better way that other than keeping the habit of uh, buying, using, replacing, and disposing batteries, they can just sort of set it and forget it with wireless charging. That um, reminds me of how
1: this, this year i bought uh airpods and became a huge evangelist for airpods I, I can't even fathom dealing with wires anymore um i actually left my airpods in seattle by mistake and before my friend shipped them back i, I couldn't even bring myself to use earbuds that had wires for a month just because the thought was so horrifying to me so i i just can't wait until uh, this is widespread and you guys are really making a dent in the industry. And uh, especially with the more and more battery, battery powered devices, 3 billion batteries a year is going to be a drop in the bucket in 2020, probably.
2: So, uh, and By the way, but- I think, I think that airports, it, once your batteries uh, die, you know, out of uh, lots of uh, recharge and use cycles, I don't think they can be replaced, right? You have to discard the AirPods and buy new ones. So it's not just a battery waste; it's it's waste beyond the the battery itself.
1: Oh, that's, that's that's such a good point. And and you mentioned that with the y charge uh, charge devices, they they don't need to be replaced at all. Like the battery itself doesn't need to be replaced at all. So um, that's that's awesome. Uh, So my last question, just since we're wrapping up here, um, what do you see as the biggest challenge in your day-to-day work and sustainability?
2: I mean, I think that with with new technology, um, when you think back, for instance, on on solar cells, uh, it took time for people to understand that the economics are there that there is value beyond um, just uh, cost savings, uh, that the solar panels were reliable enough to be installed on a on a rooftop and say, this is going to last for 25 years and will likely be on this house more than I'll be in this house in terms of how many years. Um, There is sort of sometimes inherent resistance for new technologies. And I think part of that is market education, Uh, getting people to understand that this is a better way, that it's safe, that it allows them to have smaller devices, that it allows them to eliminate battery replacements and so on. so I think that's going to be our our small and hopefully not so small contribution to the sustainability effort.
1: That's a real. I think benchmarking it against the TV remote is something that I could very easily wrap my head around. Um, but even with all the new tech that comes out, I'm always so shocked that if we look at the adoption curve, my guess is that Early adopters would be growing like that that segment of consumers would be growing that we would have more people who would just readily and easily adopt new technologies but um to your point it it does seem that the population of people that really need to see their friends using it and their and you know just see sort of see it all over the place before they'll do it um it just doesn't seem to be changing, so uh. Thank you for continuing to push for this, because this is something that is going to make such a huge impact once it's wide, wisely adopted.
2: And, and we've gone through sort of different analogies. I mean, also think about cell phones. Initially, cell phones were very expensive. And therefore, the only people that could afford them were, say, business people or executives that uh, felt that the cost was justified in being connected. And of course... These days, there are billions of cell phones, <laughs> a very large target market for for white charge. So the same thing with wireless charging. Um, it may be that the initial applications will end up being in the uh, uh, corporate or enterprise space. So I'll, I'll give you an example. Uh, I have a, a battery-operated faucet in my kitchen. You know, one of these that you can just touch it with the back of your hand, and the water's there. And you know, every six months, I have to go under the sink and replace the batteries because they run out. Now that may be a not so big pain for me personally because it's once every six months. But if I was managing an airport or a sports stadium or a hospital where there are thousands of faucets and flush valves and soap dispensers and what have you, and I have a little army of people going around replacing batteries, Uh, every day, then I might think that wireless charging is is a godsend because it could allow me both to save on the batteries to help with my sustainability goals and to save a lot of time just because I've got thousands and thousands of these devices. So while the application may um, trickle down to consumers uh, soon enough, it may be that the first adopters end up being um, enterprises.
1: Thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, that makes a lot more. You know, it always it always seems like business to business is the way to go, and the impact just in terms of the replacement people. That's that'll put a huge dent in it. Um, well, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I want to be respectful of your time. We're coming up on the end here. Do you have any any anything that you want to share? Any anything that we missed?
2: No, I think this was great. Thank you very much for having me. On our website, whycharge.com, uh, so why-charge.com, we publish a weekly insights uh, letter that has uh, um, white papers and uh, analysis and thoughts and podcasts and so on. And so I would encourage people who are interested in wireless charging to subscribe to it. But otherwise, this was great. And thank you very much for having me.
1: You're welcome. And um, for those listening, why is wi-charge.com. Thanks so much, Paul. Have a great day.
2: Take care.
0: Listen to the next episode of the Impact Report on Friday, December 6th. We'll be joined by Amanda Wilson and Joshua Hughes of Black Sheep. For the complete lineup and other news, visit us at impactreportpodcast.com and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. The Bard MBA in Sustainability is one of a select few graduate programs globally that fully integrates sustainability into a core business curriculum. Learn more at bard.edu/mba